I had a great day yesterday. I'm waiting for somebody to ask me why. I had a great day yesterday. Man, my Gators, we won. We beat the, come on now. Beat the LSU, praise the Lord. And um, it was almost a perfect day because FSU almost beat Miami. So it was almost a perfect day, but not quite. So anyway, let's get spiritual for just a moment. Would you uh, take your Bibles today? If you have your Bible, if you have the Word of God, turn to Psalms chapter 145. If you're new to the church or you don't have your Bible, maybe you have your phone or tablet. Uh, but we will put a lot of these scriptures on the screen. We're going to continue a series we started several weeks ago called This Is Us. This Is Us. And so it is a series talking about who we are as a church, our values, what values we have as a church here at Grace Chapel, why they are important, and, and why it really makes us who we are. And so we talked about the very first Value, and we said the first value that we have as a church is biblical authority. That every other value is based on the fact that the Bible is absolute truth. We see our world through the lens of the Bible. That means that we don't take the Bible to try to shape it towards our experiences. Our experiences need to line up with the Word of God. The Word of God is a living book. It is not just an ancient book full of stories. This has power. This has life. This is God's Word, and it is a source of all truth. And everything that we do as a church is based on what this book says. Amen? And so we said the most important value we could have is biblical authority, understanding the power of God's word. The next week we talked about being spirit-led, that we make room for the Holy Spirit to move in our services. Every time we gather, in small groups, in youth, in kids' church, we make room for the Holy Spirit to do what only he could do. We sang it this morning. We said, hey, when you speak, when you move, when you come into the room, when you do what only you can do, that is what changes us. So what we've decided as a church is that we design our service, not around guests. Guests are important and guests are welcome. But the most important person in this room is the Holy Spirit. We want him to be welcome and we want him to have his way. Amen. So if he says stop, pause, move, don't, he has priority in the service. And so we said that's a value. We value the presence of God. And then last week we talked about spiritual growth. That God actually expects of us to grow spiritually. That we take the truth of God's word, we take the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he leads us to grow We haven't arrived, we're not perfect, but thank God we're not what we used to be, amen? There's still the fact that God calls us to be holy, that we're to leave the past behind, leave the sinful life behind, and God expects that we grow spiritually, amen? Why? Because God wants us to fulfill our purpose in life. So we have to move towards God's will, God's plan, God's purpose for our lives. This week I want to talk about something called generational ministry. The value that we have, the fourth value that we have, is generational ministry. So I'm going to say some things today. Uh, I'm going to say the words older, and I'm going to say the word younger. So if you're trying to figure out which one applies to you, all right, you just pick one, all right? 
You have, you have my blessing to pick one. If you want to say you're younger, hey, the truth is you are younger than every person in this room except one. I don't know who it is. Don't look around. But you're younger than every person in this room except one. That's the truth. And so, you know, if you want to say you're younger, good. If you want to say you're older, hey, that's good too. But don't get offended. Uh, I'm probably going to generalize a little bit. Not every person who's a little bit older is going to fall into the exact categories. Not every person who's a little bit younger is going to fall into exact categories. So if you get offended, listen, just go down to Home Depot, buy a ladder, get over it. You understand? Get over it. I, I, I heard another pastor say that joke. I thought, I'm going to use that. And uh, I thought, if, it, if nobody laughs, I won't use it again. So first service laugh though. So I tried it again and it worked. All right. So, so don't get offended when I use the words older and younger. All right. So the Bible says this in Psalms 145, let's read starting in verse number one it says, I will extol you. O Lord, I stole you. My God, O King, I should say, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. Boy, I love this verse. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. But look at verse number four. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Most of the time when I've heard this scripture taught on, and even if you look at it in other translations, it kind of leans towards the fact that older people are to teach the young people. Or you could say this, older people are to display the goodness of God to younger people. One generation praises his works to another. And listen, that's absolutely true. I believe that with all of my heart. But I would argue today that maybe the text means exactly what it says. That we shouldn't just limit it to old people declaring the goodness of God to young people. But we would declare today that it's every generation. That means that young people can declare the goodness of God to older people. Amen? Because I know this. When I see young people with their hands lifted up. When I see young people down here at the altar on their knees worshiping God, listen, I get blessed. Amen. When I see young people on fire for God, it does something to me. Amen. So when I see them displaying the goodness of God, I get excited. So I want you to know this. God is a generational God. When God went to introduce himself, he said, hey, hey, I'm God. And listen, this is what I am. I'm the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. And I'm the God of Jacob. In other words, God is saying this. I am a generational God. I'm a God that gets passed from one generation to another generation. God even taught this in his word. I want to read some scriptures to you today. We'll put them on the screen. You could follow along. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Verse number nine says this, but watch out, be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren. Just a few chapters later in Deuteronomy chapter six, starting in verse number six, the Bible says this, God is speaking and he says, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. 
tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What is God saying here? God is saying, whatever you do, don't lose the next generation. Don't just try to drag the kids to church. Don't try to drag the teenagers to church and expect that to work. God says this, this is what I want you to do. When you get up, talk about my goodness. When you go to bed, talk about my goodness. When you're in the car and on the road, talk about my goodness. Listen, when you can, every chance you get, every opportunity that would arise, you share and you talk about the goodness of God, what God has done, that you tell of his miracles, his signs, and his wonders. Wonders that one generation would tell of God's goodness to another generation. Because if we ever get to a place where we stop talking about what God has done, then a generation will arise that forgets the truth of God's word. And can I just say to you today that in America, we are in a crisis of truth. That the young people of this nation are facing a crisis. Listen to me, a crisis of truth. There is a lack of truth. There is a need for truth in this generation, in this moment. Right now, there are young people who are searching and they need to hear the truth. Amen. This happened in the word of God. Let me read to you from Judges chapter number two. Verse number 10, it says this. This is after Joshua passed away. And after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. And the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. Listen, one generation... One generation removed from the walls of Jericho coming down. One generation removed from miracles, signs, and wonders in the wilderness. One generation removed from seeing God's hand bring them from victory to victory to victory. Just one generation removed and they forgot about the goodness of God. They weren't remembering what God had done and because of it they did evil. And that's what we're seeing today. One generation removed. You know, in America today, 70%, right at about 70% of kids who attend church, raised in church, the moment they walk out and graduate high school and walk out of their parents' house, go off to a secular college, 70% of them walk away from church altogether and never return. It's a crisis. And let me tell you, as a generation that is older, we have got to tell of God's goodness. We've got to speak about his miracles. We've got to talk about what God has done in our life. We've got to talk about the change and the transformation that has taken place. We cannot allow this generation to just be raised and expect if we just get them to church, that's good enough. It's not good enough. We have to speak about God in our homes. Every chance that we get, we have to tell this generation about what God has done. Amen. That's why I say this is so important today. 
And that's why back in the back that, that Tim and, and Jen Imke, they're leading our kids back there, grades one through six. And we have people in, in the middle school, Billy and Michelle are, are talking to the middle school kids. And we have them talking in the nursery back there to the babies and the toddlers and the fours and fives. And it's so important that we teach God's truth. Amen. Tim emails me his sermon every week. Do you know that every week they're, they're talking about our values? That this week they're actually talking about the value that we shared last week, that Tim is sharing. And he's saying, hey, this is, this is a value about spiritual growth. Now, he doesn't have my humor, my wit, my charm. You know what I'm saying? The charisma that is just God-given natural talent. But he, he's doing the best that he can back there. Don't tell him I said that. I'm joking completely. <laughs> but every week he's telling our kids about what God has done and the values and the truth, all that God says, God says in his word. Let me tell you, we're just one generation removed. And if you just open your eyes, watch this, if you just open your eyes and see what's happening and pay attention to this generation, you see that they are, there's a void there. There's a void of truth. A few weeks ago, I was in Arkansas. I remember telling you last week, I was in Arkansas and I was sitting at the table and Bishop Tony Miller, who is uh, the head of Destiny Churches, we're, we're part of a, a group of churches called Destiny Fellowship. And he was the head, and we're sitting at the table, we're having dinner. And he said, you know, I, I learned something just recently, and I want to share it with you. And, and there's just, you know, maybe six or seven of us at the table. He said, you know, I've been to the Church of Nativity in, in Bethlehem. And he said, did you know that hanging in that church is an ostrich egg? And I began to search out the significance of why there's an ostrich egg. And you find that over history, that the early church would hang ostrich eggs in their, in their cathedrals and in their gathering places. And the symbolism behind it and the importance of it is that an ostrich would lay an egg. And the moment the ostrich laid the egg, it would stare at the egg. And when it stared at the egg, it developed a bond immediately with that egg. And then the ostrich would bury the egg. Now the ostrich egg, because it is so large, is a prized possession for predators. So this ostrich would bury the egg and then the ostrich would go off. But as it's going, it would never take its eye off where the egg was buried. Ostriches have incredible eyesight. And so they could go off this incredible distance far away. And as they're going, though, they still keep an eye on that egg to guard for predators, even though they're a long ways off. And so the early church would hang an ostrich egg to remind them, always keep an eye on the next generation. Because if you ever take your eye off the next generation, you'll lose the next generation. And so we as a church, listen, we have to understand this truth. Regardless of where you are at on the age bracket, regardless of whether you fall into older or younger, or you think you're somewhere in between, let me tell you, we've got to keep an eye on the generations. We have to understand that if we ever take our eye off of the generation, we'll lose that generation. So we need each other. Did you hear me? I said we desperately need each other. I want to talk to you for just a minute about what the older generation 
needs from the younger, what the younger generation needs from the older. Here's what the younger, younger generation needs from the older generation. Got this? The younger generation needs the wisdom, experience, resources, and passion of the older generation. Listen, I'm telling you right now, I, I said that I might generalize a little bit, but I know some older people that are passionate, man. They're passionate about God's word. They're passionate about worship. Let me tell you, they got some wisdom too. They've been around, huh? Because some things you have to walk through. Some things that you have to, have to just experience. And let me tell you what, what older generation has that the young generation needs. It's called experience. And let me tell you, it's something like my wife and I, even though we're not anywhere near that generation, you understand? We're still a long ways off, right? At least she is. Um, we're, we're in a whole other bracket. But listen, we've been through some messes as a married couple. We walked through some dark days, some difficult days. And let me tell you, we could take a young couple and we could say, yeah, we've been there, man. We were on the brink of divorce. We didn't like each other. We were in a loveless marriage. But God came down and rescued us. And let me tell you, there is hope. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. It gets better if you stick with it and you trust God. And let me tell you, some of you, you've been healed and you've been delivered and you've set, been set free. And you say, yeah, I used to struggle with drugs and I used to struggle with alcohol, but God set me free. And let me tell you, somebody needs to hear your voice. Somebody needs your prayers. Somebody needs your encouragement and your wisdom. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me tell you what else they need. They need your resources. Do you know that people over 55 give twice as much in income to the church as people under 55? And that would make sense, right? Because usually, now again, I'm generalizing, usually you have more money when you get older. And I got pastor friends, I've got two pastor friends, I've got a few more, but I've got at least two I want to talk to you about right now, all right? I got two pastor friends. I got a pastor friend in Texas, and he pastors a great church. It's full of young people. Man, they're bouncing off the walls. You know what I'm saying? They got, they, got, they got wild services, man. They're having a great time. But you know what he tells me? He goes, man, I got, I got this church of 20-somethings. Man, we got all this energy, and they're ready to go, and they're ready to just conquer the world. But you know what we don't have? We don't have any money. We ain't got no money. So he sees somebody with gray hair walking to church. He goes after him. Hey, come on in. Hey. Hey, come sit down. Sit down. Stay, please. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's like all these young people ain't got no money. Then I have a friend who pastors in North Florida. And all he's got, 90% of his church is 60 and over. And they are blowing it up financially, buddy. (laughs) They bought a building a few years ago. They paid it off in two years. They paid off that building. I mean, these people are writing checks and and they're just every week, man, they're giving and they're giving offerings and they're giving over and above and he's got all this money. But you know, he don't have no young people. And he's saying, hey, I need some young people, right? We need some people that can help lift some stuff around this place. Got some strength and listen, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, I don't have to do so many. Well, anyway, we want, we just, we need some young people in this place. I almost got in big trouble right there. I'm just gonna move along. Otherwise, my giving might, might go bad. So listen, we want everybody to stay. Hallelujah. But you know what? Here's what happens. We need each other. Let me tell you, the young generation needs the older generation. We need your passion, man. We need to see passion. 
We need to see, hey, you, you know, marriages get better as you get older. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll try that again on this side. I said, glory to God. Hallelujah. Some of y'all, some of y'all looked at me like, I don't know about that. We need to see it, man. Hallelujah. Notice I said we. Praise God. Here's what the older generation needs from the younger generation. You ready? Watch this. The older generation needs wisdom, energy, resources, and passion of the younger generation. You say, Pastor, that looks like the exact same. It is. The only difference is energy versus experience. The older generation has the experience. Sometimes we don't have the energy. Now, I'm just talking about myself. I don't have the energy that I had 20 years ago. I got a seven-year-old. He wears me out in an hour. I'm gone. I'm done. My first kid who's 20, I could go all day with him. After about an hour with Elias, I need a nap. Son, I'll get back to you. I'll go take a nap. I'm going to come back and get some coffee. Praise God. And then we'll play again for another hour. And then we need another nap. And so, because I don't have the energy. I don't have the stamina. You know, got more money than I used to have. I got more experience. I got maybe some wisdom. But I don't have have the energy. But let me tell you about young people. First of all, they have wisdom. They do. And let me tell you, here's why. Because they know things you don't know. I said, they know things you don't know. Like how to work that phone. (laughs) That's in your pocket. That some of you call a smartphone, but it ain't that smart. Right? Because you don't know how to do anything with it. You can barely make phone calls. Right? And so they know how to do all that stuff, man. They have connections. They know things. Listen, everybody knows things that we don't know. And so we need young people to, t- to talk to us as well. They've got some wisdom and they've got some resources and they've got the passion and they've got the energy. I was telling the first service, I was telling the first service, man, we were doing a fall festival. And I'll never forget this. I was walking outside and I see guys trying to put a tent together. And I had guys trying to put a tent, this tent together. We got this like 20 by 20 tent. We were going to put it right out front. And everybody was over 60, like 60 and over, putting this tent together. And they're like, how does this thing go together? And I look over here and I got five 20-year-olds sitting over here. I said, would you get over there and help them? They ain't never going to get it working. Do something, you know? What I mean is this. We need each other, Right? We need the strength of the young people. And listen, young people, you need the wisdom that comes through experience and age. Hallelujah. Listen, we need, every generation needs each other. Listen, why? Because we're facing a crisis. And if we don't come together, if we just sit there and go, well, that's for that camp. And this is for that camp. And hey, the young people can go out on the streets and witness. But we don't do that. We just kind of work over here. And if we just all retreat to our corners and say, it's just about me. And this is the kind of style I I like. This is the music I like. This is the look I like. Listen, we'll never reach this community the way God intended us to reach this community if we are divided. But listen, when the church comes together and we've got every generation, every age, every ethnicity working together with the same common goal to reach people, guess what? We're going to reach people for Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're going to do what God's called us to do. Hallelujah. But every generation has to embrace another generation. Amen? I want to do something this morning that we did in first service. 
I want to end in a way that we don't typically end, but we're going to do it today. I'm going to ask you, would you do this this morning? Would you stand to your feet? Now, in the first service, there's not a lot of young people, all right, because it's early, and they've been on Instagram till three in the morning, and so they don't get here, they don't get here for the nine o'clock service, not too many of them, all right, so it's just a little bit older, but in this particular service, we got, we got every age, we got every decade represented, all right, we got every decade represented, and let me tell you, as a church, we need each other. Every ministry that flows from this church, the food pantries, discovery classes, our connect groups, all of the ministries, of course, that work towards different ages. Let me tell you, we need each other. And it blesses my heart when I get pictures from Pastor Vincent and the serve team a week ago that went out to Pahokee. And I see 20-somethings right next to older somethings come on now and they're painting the house they're painting inside together it blesses my heart when I hear about the food pantry and there's different generations involved let me tell you I grew up I grew up in a church and I saw as a kid I I started going to church when I was really little and I was watching and I saw people with a little gray in their hair huh and I saw them serve with passion and they touched my life and I was watching the whole time and I said okay that's how you do it that's how you volunteer that's what it means to serve in God's house that's what it means and then they brought their Bibles to church and they had passion and I said that's how you do it they were an example to me and let me tell you And then when I get older, I want to be an example to somebody else. God's kingdom is generational. So let's do this today. I want you to reach across the aisles. I want two outsides kind of move in a little bit and let's join hands with somebody next to you. And you know what's going to happen? Not in every case. We don't typically do this. I can't remember the last time we've even done it. But I know this, not everybody is is joining hands with somebody that's of a different age bracket. Some of you are next to somebody and you're the exact same age, all right? Some of you, it's your spouse or whatever. But I know this, we need to understand that at Grace Chapel, we need each other. Let me tell you, those kids back there, kids church, I was one of them. I was one of them, man. I was one of those kids and I just wanted to play. And But I remember Sister Alice Jiggins, I remember Sister Lilla Nangle. I remember they taught us how to worship. Sister Lilla was Jamaican and she would say, lift your hands, children, lift your hands. And she made you. You didn't have a choice, you know. Eight years old, lifting my hands. And I remember my Royal Ranger teacher, Del Morris. And I, I remember we had Sunday night church. And I remember coming down to an altar I don't even know why and what the altar call was for. I just remember I felt compelled about 10 years old, maybe 11 years old, to come down to an altar. There was a man that was friends with my dad. His name was Ray Davis. Ray Davis came behind me and put his hands on me. And I felt the presence of God and tears were just flowing down my face. That meant so much to me. 
Let me tell you, we all have a part to play. Younger, middle, older, wherever you're at, we all have a part to play. You are valuable and you are needed. This next generation needs you. Listen, if you're younger, the older generation, they need you. They need to see the passion that's in you so that they know, hey, listen, when we go to see Jesus, because we're all going someday, we're passing the baton, we're passing the torch to somebody that'll carry it and hopefully go further and do more than we've ever done. Amen.